0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the R.J. Ochoa Show. And right out the gate, I'm going to go ahead and say no discredit to the uh, 11 episodes and the bonus ones that we have put out before this one, but this is my favorite. Um, if you know me to any degree, you know that I love more than I love the Dallas Cowboys, which is an insane amount. You know that I love NFL history and uh, and everything that comes along with it, I've I've studied it a great degree. I have countless DVDs and VHS tapes and articles and clippings and, and books and different resources um, that I've used to, to understand the great game of football and where it's come from and, and its history and its origins, and, um, and it's for that reason that today is, is my favorite episode because later in the episode, I, I'm going to be joined by Paul Camerata, uh, one of the senior producers for NFL Films. And NFL films is uh, is the keeper of the flame um, when it comes to the the history of professional football and, and the true keeper of that flame is Steve Sable who uh, was the co-founder of NFL films along with his father pro Football Hall of Famer Ed Sable and uh, and so this episode means a lot to me. I uh, j- just wanted to get that out there right away but before we get into all that we need to um, you know talk about what's going on. In the NFL, the NFL draft happened last weekend, and uh, you know we talked about that in in the last episode, and uh, in all the picks that went down. The more I think about it, the more I digest. I'm really a big fan of the the Jacksonville Jaguars draft, and it, it's funny because this episode is, is is all about NFL history, and the Jacksonville Jaguars are only a team that that has existed since 1995, so they're not necessarily rich in nfl history but i really believe that the jaguars are building something and they're going to be a contender uh in the next few seasons so i'm really excited to see what they do they'll be a really hot team that people pick to go to the playoffs uh this season during the 2016 campaign so that's going to be a lot of fun in terms of some housekeeping things it's been a busy week for me on uh on tuesday i was on a a different podcast don't worry i'm still here but i was on my good friend Marcus Mosier's podcast, The Footballogy Podcast, which you should absolutely check out. You can follow Marcus on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Uh, if you want to uh, get his info, just tweet at me and I'll I'll get you hooked up with him. And Marcus and I had a really good chat. Um, you know, he always asks people when he starts his episodes how they sort of begin loving football and, and writing about football or podcasting about football in this case. And so... Uh, it really worked out well that, that I got to tell that story there, and uh, that we're talking about NFL history here today with Paul Camerata, so go check that out. Check out everything Marcus does. Uh, I'm a big fan of his work and a big fan of footballology and everything they have going on over there. On Wednesday... I was on WMSC radio with my fellow Inside the Star staff writer, Sean Martin, and WMSC is a great collegiate radio station that more people need to be listening to. It was the season finale for Sean and his, uh, his Montclair buddies as they get ready to wrap up their semester uh, and so congratulations to Sean and everybody there and the WMSC family. They did a great job all season long, and I'm grateful to them for letting me be on their show a handful of times. So if you want to listen to that, just uh, tweet at me and I'll I'll get you those links as well. Uh, I had an article go out on Monday of this week that was, uh, I thought, pretty cool. It, it compared the Cowboys draft, if that's what you kind of want. Uh, to to read about, uh, compared the Cowboys draft to a meal and I compared each one to a component of a meal to kind of put in perspective uh, how, how each one translated and I called it my gut reaction because food goes in your gut and so it was, that was a lot of fun and then on Monday we also had the interview with Kayvon Frazier, the new safety for the Dallas Cowboys, drafted in the sixth round at 212th overall. You can check that out at com, or if you subscribe on iTunes or if you want the episode directly, like I said, you can always tweet at me and ask me for whatever you need and, and I'll get that directly over to you. But that was a lot of fun and appreciate all the kind words and compliments that, that have been shared regarding Kayvon. He's a great young man. He's a very humble young man and I'm really excited to see his future with America's team. And uh, one of his rookie classmates, Ezekiel Elliott, has been getting all kinds of love uh, from across the country in, in just you know his first week as a member of the Dallas Cowboys. Zeke's jersey is the number one selling jersey among rookies on Fanatics.com, which is incredible when you consider that he's the fourth overall pick. But that is the power of America's team. And uh, America's team is actually a nickname coined by somebody who works for NFL Films or worked for NFL Films, excuse me. And, you know, I love football so much. I think that's really obvious here. If you've read anything I've written, if you've listened to this podcast, you understand that football is a big part of my life and something that that I love with all of my heart and that means a great deal to me. And part of the reason that I love football the way that I do and You know, I don't want to go into too much about what we talked about on Marcus's podcast, but something that we talked about was was the way that I write. I like to tell stories. And um, I think that the foundation for that, for me, came from NFL films and from everything that I've ever watched with them. You know, I've seen so many documentaries. And and Steve Sable, like I said, one of the co-founders who tragically passed away uh, due to brain cancer in 2012 he's responsible for that. And, um, and that means a lot to me. Um, I've, I've poured over everything I can ever get my hands on when it comes to NFL films. And it's really shaped the way that I view and that I understand the game of football and and the NFL and the history of it. Um, I I was fortunate enough to get to interview Paul, uh, before a few months ago, the, uh, there, there was a new series called the timeline that, that he worked on and the timeline was a series that uh did a few episodes about different moments in NFL history along a timeline if you will. The first one was about Brett Favre's retirement and unretirement and and ultimately ended with his number being retired um on Thanksgiving night of 2015 at Lambeau Field. And that was really great, but the the episode that I got to talk to Paul about was called The Tale of Two Cities and and I've talked about that on here a little bit before, but the episode was really cool in that It was about the cities of Dallas and San Francisco and the Cowboys and the 49ers, and and how they grew uh, from the 1960s up until now. And, and you look at the city of Dallas and the city of San Francisco, they're completely polar opposites. You're talking about the state of Texas, which is a, a predominantly Republican state, and you're talking about the state of California, which is a predominantly Democratic state. And I'm not, we're not here to talk politics, but the point is to stress the opposites uh, within these two cultures. And you know, what Paul and I talked about with uh, A Tale of Two Cities is that if you looked at the history of Dallas and San Francisco uh, as a book, you could open the book to any page and there would be Cowboys Niners. It was it was a constant. It was the common denominator across this long stretch of time. And uh, I really just enjoyed talking to Paul about that. And I wrote up a piece uh, about our interview. And if you'd like that, like I said, I'll, I'll tweet that out uh, for you to read. But I really wanted to have Paul on because what they do at NFL Films is so uh, innovative. NFL Films is, the way that they present football is is incredible. There are generations that love this game through the lens of NFL Films and through the vision of people like Steve Sable and people like Paul Camerata, uh, you know, there are different documentaries that I love for different reasons. There's a football life. I love the episodes about Roger Staubach and Bill Belichick and, and Lyle Alzado. That's one of my all-time favorite episodes. I love America's Game and the series that is, if you're unfamiliar with that, it, it chronicles each Super Bowl champion. And the 2006 Colts is one of my favorite episodes with Peyton Manning. The 2010 Packers, the 72 Dolphins. I mean, these are all these these incredible things and and these incredible moments in the history of our game that I love and that I know and that I interpret because of the way that, that I've seen them, that I've grown up with them through NFL films. And so this whole thing means a lot to me. Um, you know, three years ago, my dad gave me a gift and it was it was every Super Bowl on DVD and it was in this big package. And inside of it was a letter from Steve Sable that he he wrote just on the pot, the packaging and it was really cool. It was a really big exclamation point on that NFL films is apparent in everything and that that message transcends so many different generations. And so I can't wait to get talking to Paul Camerata about that and to share that with you. So we're going to go ahead and bring that in here on the RG Ochoa Show right after this break. Hey Cowboys Nation, are you looking for a great place with 100% Dallas Cowboys content? Look no further than InsideTheStar.com. Over at Inside The Star, myself and my fellow riders do our best to make sure that you are covered with everything regarding America's team 24-7, 365. So check out the site or follow us on Twitter at InsideTheStarDC or at Cowboys Nation to hear the voices of a nation. Now let's get to Paul Camerata here on the RJ Ochoa Show.
1: Welcome to the R.J. Ochoa Show, Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, uh, the senior producer for NFL Films, whose work you have undoubtedly seen on NFL Films' Hard Knocks, on Football Life, uh, many just countless other projects, most recently, in the way I came to know him, uh, their production of the series, The Timeline. Uh, NFL Films senior producer, Paul Camerata. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you so much.
2: R.J., thank you. It's great to be here.
1: Uh, you know, you and I spoke a few months ago when I wrote something up uh, for com that was about the timeline episode, A Tale of Two Cities, which is just one of the best things I've ever seen. I think anybody who's a, a Cowboys or 49ers or, or just football fan would enjoy it. I know you and I talked extensively about it, and uh, you are just uh, an encyclopedia when it comes to NFL history, which is something I'm very passionate about. So it's really pleased that you could come on and take the time to join us. How's
2: it going for you today? Oh, it's going real well. It's uh, it's a good time of year here. It's an exciting time. It's spring. Uh, the draft is coming up, so obviously a big tentpole event on the NFL calendar, which has a good deal of people energized and, and really dialed into that particular event and um, and shooting and telling stories for that. But also, it's a time of year where we're we're kind of full go on getting ready and and uh, pushing forward to be producing the shows that you'll be seeing coming up um, in the fall and winter. So. Uh, it's a good, fun, busy time this time of year.
1: I bet. And I bet it's like, you know, I mean, I feel like every team is excited to get their new players and their new toys. But similarly for you guys, it's the same way. It's your new characters that you're going to get to shoot um, in all your production. So um, I, I bet that that is exciting. And, you know, the first thing that I really wanted to, to poke your brain about was, you know, like I said, you, you've worked on countless, you know, exceptional features from NFL films. And I, I was curious as to the whole process of that. And sort of when, when somebody, you know, within NFL films or whatever has an idea, you know, let you know, for example, the timeline, you know, the timeline, this would be a cool idea if we went through, we did different points in NFL history, whatever it is, what is the whole sequence from the moment it is an idea in someone's head to, you know, coming to life on the screen?
2: I think there's a, there's a couple different ways it evolves. Um, kind of goes down, it could go down one avenue or the other, but all those avenues kind of lead back to one point, like you said, the moment in someone's brain, and, and it's kind of the, the point that that happens, and then it becomes a a, a pitch, where somebody pitches their idea, mm-hmm. uh, and I think the the pitch can be a response, and when I say different avenues, here's what I mean, it could be a response to kind of a request, right, there might be a kind of a call to action, hey, we have this new series, hey, we have this new, uh, whether it's a biography series like Football Life, or Timeline. Um, it's it's not biographies. It's more moments in time. Um, hey, we're doing a series, and we all we know about it is they're short features. They're only five minutes, right? The criteria can be different um, mm-hmm. from one kind of call to action to another. Uh, there's that where the, the the challenge goes out to sort of brainstorm an idea to fit into a template. Uh, but I also think the the other way that the ideas come are when they're not solicited and they sort of percolate from the ground up from the grassroots in a in a producer's head or even not even a producer that's one of the beautiful things about our building is that um the ideas kind of come from everywhere you know it Mm -hmm. might be a sound guy out in the field and every week when he goes to to shoot a game on sunday and capture sound he hears a particular character a particular player or coach um give the same sort of pep talk or an interesting pep talk or uh, he sees a position group on a certain team has, has a certain ritual and he might just sort of be Kicking it around, hey you guys should should uh heard what what we saw at the uh at the Eagle game this weekend, and then the idea kind of percolates up that way, and then it develops uh in that sense um wouldn't it be cool if we did this story, and when it comes from that direction, I think what what often happens is then it kind of gets fit into the formula or the template where it best fits, so hey, that's really cool, that would be a great uh full hour. we could flesh it into a full hour, that'd be a great timeline episode. Or you know what? It's a really great idea. We think it, it'd be good at about a half an hour or six minutes, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea comes from sort of someone's imagination and gets fit into a a, uh, a format that already exists, um, just based purely at that point on the, the sort of the purity of someone's interest and um, what caught their attention. Uh those are those are sort of the unsolicited pitches that, that get dreamt into bigger ideas. And then, like I said, the other idea kind of direction is sort of when we have a an existing format that has criteria and we sort of try to fit things into it uh that might support what that format is um and I think like I said the the boundarylessness <laughs> the no the lack of boundaries um in our um workflow here at NFL films is what's really inspiring cuz you 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 know that the ideas can come from from the top down or from the bottom up um and it might be someone who's a showrunner who doesn't even know what, the, what the, um, the show is, but they say to the people who work for them, hey, here, this is really cool. Like as a fan, I think this is an interesting story. You know, what can we do with this? And the uh-huh. idea exchange goes back and forth. So I think here it all starts with that, that idea exchange um, that gets the whole pitch process going into figuring out what is a good idea and uh, to what level we think it can rise.
1: No, I mean, that that makes complete and total sense just from watching the productions you guys put together. You know, I love what you said about how, it, you know, just as an outsider, it, it really seems like NFL films is just this incredible family um, that, it, that it's like to be a part of. And, and like you said, that, that someone just, you know, almost a breeze of the wind, you know, gives somebody an idea and runs it up, and it, it, before you know it, it becomes a football life or, or whatever it is. Um, so I think that's really interesting how much thought goes into it without it being calculated by. you know what i mean like mm-hmm, it, yep. there's there's this total you know uh, almost unconscious effort in that you're always looking for something always looking to be inspired by something and, and you know like you said thinking is it a six-minute feature is it a 30 minute feature is it a series i mean that's that's incredible um as you know the, one of the senior producers what's your favorite part in in the process you know when when you guys are working on on a project, what's the part that you look forward to the most? Is it, is it the shooting or is it the the editing? You know, I mean, what is, you know, Paul Camerota's personal favorite uh, portion?
2: I, uh, gosh, I like so I like all of them. (laughs) Um, I really like to, to write my script, but even, even that, in that sense, the script writing sometimes starts from the pitch process, you Mm -hmm. know, writing your treatment. Sometimes you'll write a line in your treatment that ends up being in your final script, you know, if you're lucky. Um, -hmm. but, following sort of the formation of the idea from um from the beginning all the way through to the end like that the whole process is 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 i think what i'm most what i like the most you know because it just totally engages you from beginning to end and i think the as the idea evolves uh the other part of the process that we sort of haven't talked about but it's just as important as the idea involves or evolves excuse me i think the team starts to grow like do you get more people in the room on the idea based on their particular areas of expertise. So like I said, you might have an idea that, that comes from a producer, but then they tap into a sound man's expertise to figure out, well, how can we capture the elements we need? How can we record out in the field what's really going to help us tell the story? You know, mm-hmm. you bring a cameraman in and say, how can we get the images? Here's what I'm picturing in my head, but you know, what do you see? And when I when I explain the idea to you, what do you envision? And that's great. How can we get that? Um, so I think while while the idea exchange is is boundaryless, I think that also falls through to the next stage of development um, in that sort of that pre-production where you you try to make it all a little more tangible and kind of putting it down on paper. Here's what we want to capture and here's how we're going to go about doing it. Um, I mean, it really goes through edit. It goes through post, all of that, that, that sort of team mentality infiltrates everything we do. Cause everyone's got their own niche that they're, they're expert in. And then when they all sort of get combined and braided together, that's what um, creates what you see up on the screen. Uh um, yep. So I th- uh, I, yeah, I think the evolution of it. You know, I mean, it's—I don't mean to dodge your question, but the evolution of the process and the, the continuing volleying of the idea back and forth till it gets more and more fully formed um, is what's the most fun.
1: No, I mean I don't think you dodge the question at all, Paul. I mean the the fact that you are consumed by the entire process is is the mentality and the attitude and disposition of NFL films, and that that's why you know for me, like you know, I thought about it when you were answering if I had to pick a my favorite portion of just, you know, one of the films, there isn't one because the whole thing is an experience. You know what I mean? Like I don't enjoy the interviews more or, or the, the sound or, or the back and forth or any particular portion more because the whole thing really is an experience. And so I, I can totally understand that from a creator's standpoint, it's the same way. Um, oh, you th-
2: thank you for saying that. No, it's, that's, I mean, it's the highest compliment. I mean, the the other neat thing about us is just to kind of put a bow on it. We're so fortunate that we have all those people under one roof. So, like I said, the process might extend into your post production, it might extend mm-hmm. into your edit, but the the process that you're going to execute in your mix, which is at the very end of your your um, production schedule, is something that you can have a conversation about before you ever go out in the field to shoot or capture one thing. Right? Mm-hmm. You can go talk to the mixer beforehand and go, "Hey, we're going to we're going to shoot these street musicians in this way, and here's how we want it to sound," and he knows it as he, as the guy who's going to ha- handle it at the very end of the, um, of the workflow, he might be able to weigh in and go, love it. You know, here's how, here's, here's some ideas about how you should capture that if you want it to sound that way when it you know, airs on television. And I mean, it's such a incredible opportunity to have that, um, that fluidity, you know, to go down the hall and, and talk to those people and get their insight all in the process. So you're never, you're sort of never in a silo creatively. You're always able to tap into that and, um, kind of keep the juices flowing so that the final thing can be as close to what you imagine to be uh as possible.
1: Wow. I mean, the the collaboration behind, you know, because you're saying this, this could be a six minute video, the, the collaboration behind that is just, it, it's astounding. I mean, just how much work and, and like I said, non-calculated, calculated effort goes into it. <laughs> um But so, you know, we you know we and I talked about the tale of two cities, which was really great and you know great idea the the duelingness of, between the city of Dallas and San Francisco, rising with the Cowboys and 49ers. But if I, if I had to be completely honest with you, my favorite episode of the timeline series was the one on the merger. Um, The merger is is without a doubt the you know the most important moment I'd say in NFL history, and you know you had to cover uh when doing this episode you guys had to cover an enormous amount of time obviously i mean the, the series is the timeline so there's no pun intended but you know in, in watching it you really made like pete rosell come to life you, you you made you know all these these people who are, who are gone come to life and in telling that story i mean what what was that specific project like for you guys in terms of was it daunting to to tell the story of how the nfl came to be and and I know there was some symmetry in that we, you know, we celebrated Super Bowl 50 last year. Uh, I mean, it, it, it felt important, I guess is the best way to say it. And when, after watching it, it, I felt I didn't just feel satisfied. I felt, you know, I felt grateful to, to be a fan of the NFL mm-hmm. and, and to enjoy it. Um, so, can you kind of just talk about that project a little bit? Um,
2: sure, I'd love to. No, I, I appreciate the, the kind words. I think the best uh, explanation for how it unfolded is kind of getting back to this notion of the people, right? So we had this mm-hmm. challenge, and, and throwing really incredibly talented, hardworking people at it is, is probably the best way to solve any kind of challenge like that. And in this case, from the producer side of it, we had a, we had a senior producer named Dave Plout and another one named Joe Zuko, and we gave them that very challenge. Hey, guys, here's this massive story that we want to tell. Um, it's tied into a very topical event in terms of Super Bowl 50. Uh, it's been told. To a certain extent, before and and been documented throughout history how it's unfolded going back to the very beginning, but we wanted to have a modern feel and mm-hmm. and demonstrate the modern consequence of it, um, but also uh, um, also be true to the the historic weight and gravity of of what the event was and how it unfolded, you know, figure it out basically, and and yeah. that's your challenge as 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 the storytellers of this hour and those guys Joe and Dave, kind of put their heads together and came up with what we thought was a really effective uh, vehicle to tap into the, like I said, the historical weight of the events and the characters, the Rosells, the Al Davises, but also give it a, um, a spin that would, that would resonate in 2015. Mm -hmm. So uh, by tapping into modern characters like Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft, for instance, um, guys who weren't part of the merger process as it unfolded in the mid 60s, but whose lives were ultimately changed by it and who ultimately followed the examples uh, that came out of the merger to continue to shape the league today, uh, Dave and Joe were able to see an example like Kraft and Jones and say, here's two guys that we can use to kind of tie history together mm-hmm. and show to a modern audience why this, you know, quote-unquote old event still is a very new and relevant and important thing to keep in mind and to consider and to learn from. Um so I think they, they, they were able to do that both in the uh, crafting of the story, um, the structure of the, of the content they wanted to follow, but also visually. Uh, you know, Of course, there are historical visual elements to use, but um, Dave and Joe came up with the visual motif of um, illustrating the story points and the moments from the merger through images and footage that they were able to kind of capture and project uh into the um into the, the kind of halls of NFL history museum that they created uh that you see in the film mm-hmm. so rather than just have uh all the the still images um kind of appear full frame which they did use that that motif they also put those images into a museum space to demonstrate and underscore the importance of kind of preserving and um and studying them through a modern lens to continue to learn from them so like, we were we were really blown away i mean th- those guys did an awesome job at um taking all the the necessary uh sort of backdrop elements of the merger story but updating them and presenting them in a way that made them feel fresh and again made them feel resonant um and relevant in 20 uh 2015 and beyond which i mean you know the merger story i think will always be a critical part of understanding nfl history
1: no oh, i mean I totally agree, and you're right, that there are so many different different elements to the film that, that make it so impactful, because, you know, I obviously love all NFL films work, and, you know, I love, for example, the, the way that the America's Game Series is presented, and I love the, the little, you know, interviews, you know, intersplice with the footage of that season, and, and, you know, the the timeline episode about the merger had that feel, but it did also have the interviews like you're talking with, with Mr. Kraft and Mr. Jones, and it added like you said, it added a fresh spin to an old story. Even though I'd I'd known the story of the merger and read about it and and tons and and seen some of the footage in the film, it all felt fresh and it all, it all felt, it it felt just as important today as it was in, you know, 1966. I mean, you know, it it felt, uh, it it felt defining, you know, even though it's so old. And uh, so I think that, you know, that specific project, I mean, obviously all of them are fantastic, but that one, just really blew me away and sort of encompasses all the hard work that you know you guys put in together uh because it, it covered you know what is the umbrella of of uh, the Super Bowl history in, in terms of the merger and so I just you know really wanted to say that that one was was fantastic and you guys the whole timeline series really was great um the Brett Favre episode as well but I mean kudos to you guys seriously I, I can't oh. give you enough praise I well,
2: appreciate it well again thanks thanks for the kind words it's really a it's a credit to the to the collaboration as much as any one element. If you had to point to any one element, if you had to boil it into one word, to me that that's what it is. I think that's um, that's what's able to yield uh, the, the shows that that um, you know inspire such nice comments as, as yours. So again, we appreciate it very much.
1: Well, so um, you know, isolating this a little bit because I, I think you're right. The the word that defines everything that happens at NFL Films is collaboration or, or teamwork. You know, one one of those two. Mm-hmm. But if you traced uh those origins back if you had to trace them back to one person uh i think that you and i both agree that it would be steve sable and and his uh his you know undying influence on nfl films and you know i know that you and i have, have talked about steve before um you know and and you've referred to to nfl films and, and the nfl films family and its members as sable's army um and and that, that really you know uh you know it, it was a, an emotional thing for me because, you know, I, I never met Steve Sable, but it's it's because of him that I love football the way I do. It's because of him that so many people love football the way they do and they experience it the way that they do. Um, and I know that, you know, his his office, for example, is untouched you know, within your building, which I think is, is, a, is a beautiful tribute to him. Um, but, but in terms of NFL films, and, and as one of the, the members, one of the leaders of Sable's Army, what is his his lasting influence to you you know in 2016 because i think that that his vision um is is un, undoubtedly responsible for the way that we consume football uh not just in nfl films productions in terms of documentaries but but as far as the game itself on sundays and um i think that his you know his influence has rippled into other sports i mean so can you kind of talk about uh, the influence of mr sable on, on nfl films and and his continuing legacy
2: Oh certainly it'd be a, it'd be a pleasure. Uh it's a privilege to to talk about it because it's obviously a tremendous privilege and pleasure to have uh, known Steve and worked with him um and been influenced by him um from the from the very beginning of of when I first started here. I think the first concrete thing that Steve gave us um is our library. Uh, Steve's interest and mission to go out and document NFL history uh for 50 years provided us this incredibly vast, endless it really I mean endless. It it really is endless, uh uh an endless resource in the library, the film vault of uh, game action, of interviews, of off the field material that every day when we come to work, we start with this um standing on this pedestal that he created of all the material we have to uh tell stories with. And and whether it's Finding material that we've never used before, that we've never seen before, and presenting it, you know, shedding light on it, uh, whether it's finding stuff that um, we've used lots of times and finding a new way to, to present it, um, or whether it's taking something that he um I'm trying to think if there's another example I'm leaving out. I mean, there's so many ways that we use the library every day. It just It just goes on forever. Um, so I think that's a, that's the first thing he gave us, um, and mm-hmm. it's the, the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, I think the second thing is the example of how that raw material was used, um, both the successful, um, the films that are so iconic that we, we go back to them and we study them, but also what Steve would call spectacular failures. Um, and just the concept of that, it was a phrase he would use. And I think that having those two things exist and having you know memories of how he talked about them became and, and continues to be an inspiration for us as uh, something we can look to and say, here's a film or a style or a motif or a a, uh, a way things that uh, were done in this particular project that worked really well. You know, we, we would be hard-pressed to come up with a better way than this for this new project we have. But the other thing is, here's stuff that Steve did that he laughed at later and said, yeah, this really didn't work very well, but we're glad we did it because we learned X, Y, or Z. So the notion had the courage to to create what he would call a spectacular failure to sort of shoot for the moon um uh, and maybe it would work out great you know in the totality of the final film or maybe the final film would be sort of you know uh uh laughworthy but it would, it would give you an idea for something else or mm-hmm. in the process of doing that you would learn um a new way to shoot the camera uh to do an interview that then would become the inspiration for something else sort of having that creative leeway um to try whatever inspired you and either make something great from it or feel free to know that if it fell a little flat, that was okay too, because that's how you were going to end up, you know, coming up with something great ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's the second thing I think he, he gave us. Um, and the third thing, I mean, kind of boils out all that, both those things together, just, just, uh, the inspiration that he gave us to be looking for and be moved by stories um and to be looking under basically every blade of grass on the football field for a story, you know, on the sideline, in the locker room, on the commute to the game. Um during halftime. There's 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 not a moment in the game I think that Steve didn't believe there there might be a story to be found uh waiting to be found and, and uncovered and, and developed and told. And I think that inspiration, that that just natural curiosity and interest and fascination that he had with the game and the people who created the game uh, kind of got into the DNA of this place. It's it's what the DNA of, of this place is uh, and, and continues to inspire all of us as individuals to kind of going back to where we started to look for those stories and pitch those ideas because we're just interested in them. You know, your gut reaction is that's really kind of funny or sad or interesting or fascinating or um, provocative, uh, that particular mm-hmm. element that I saw on Sunday. I'm going to try and look into it more and, and maybe there's a story there. I think that all comes back to Steve. Kind of never being bored with the game and never having an end to where he saw stories in the game. Um, I mean, that's, and so that's why we have the library to work with. Um, that's why we have great finished films to learn from and to try and improve upon. And that's why we have the um, kind of that attitude that always spins forward and says, where's the next story? You know, what am I interested in next? How did, how's the last film we did, um, you know, that might have turned out pretty well, kind of inspire us to, find a better way to do it next time uh, for that next rookie or that next retiring Hall of Famer or that next head coach who just finally won a Super Bowl. Um, I think that curiosity and interest in the game is is as important as anything. Um, It's why we have the the pedestal to stand on, and it's why we are uh, always excited about finding the next challenge and and putting it up on the screen.
1: No, I mean, mean, you know, it's it's so awesome just to hear you talk about it and and hear you bring – because you you have an ability to bring things to life, and, and you know so so in a sense, you know I feel connected to Steve Stable just just from you know the the picture that you've painted, um, mm-hmm. and, and you know you have that skill in you know obviously in your work and in NFL Films, um, and you know two things that, that that I I think are incredible about Steve and, and about NFL Films is that you know, like you said, you're, you guys are at a point in terms of your DNA that you look, I mean, almost literally under every blade of grass for a story, but that, you know, it never oversaturates things. You know what I mean? Like somehow, some way, that there there is this incredible balance that you guys have at NFL Films that you can tell uh, an enormous number of stories, but you you have this ability to tell them in a life that it doesn't become redundant. It doesn't, be, you know, like I said, oversaturate things because at a certain point, a story can be told to death, but you guys have, have never done that. And so, um, I mean, sincere kudos in that regard, uh, but but even more so in that, you know, you're saying, well, how can we do things when, when the next player retires or the next player, you know, and when Peyton Manning goes into the Hall of Fame, you know, obviously that, that's a big story and, you know, you guys will have, you know, tons of things for that. Uh, but you don't look at it as pressure. You know, you don't look at it as, oh, well, you know, how can we live up to the expectation? You look at it, say, okay, well, the last time somebody retired, you know, when Jerry Rice went in the Hall of Fame, we did this. How can we be better? It, it's that constant, you know, uh, craving of innovation and, and a, you know, I think you you hit the nail on the head with curiosity um, that to to be better. And I think that's the spirit of NFL Films. At least that's the, the way that I perceive it. Um, and and it's just really cool that that it all started you know with with, with Steve Sable and that it exists that way uh, in 2016 and, and you know it's just it's a wonderful place and I I you know I'm just excited to to know you and to talk about it um, so I mean Steve Sable you know I, I enjoy when you guys post for example the his note cards with his notes and I yeah. think that, that that that's even like another example of how he just you know, documented everything, just just to have and just to know, just to look back, um, and and ultimately, maybe perhaps unknowingly, uh, be able to share with the world continually uh, in his legacy. And that's just really cool.
2: I'd be remiss, too. I mean, I didn't work for, for him directly, but I'd be remiss if, if I didn't mention uh, Steve's dad, Ed Sable, uh, who, who he himself is a pro football Hall of Famer, who was enshrined oh, sure. uh, as a contributor to the game. I mean, he – I mean, if you really – Steve was Steve was, I think, chronologically present, but I mean the very first seed of uh the notion of taking Blair Motion Pictures, Ed's uh, movie company, and training their cameras on, on pro football. I mean, it came from Ed and then he brought Steve in pretty much right at the beginning and, and uh Steve was sort of the creative force, but it was Ed's I think uh big picture Hollywood vision, that the notion of marrying Hollywood and the game that he loves so much, uh, to create these films um so you not want to, don't want to forget him because he's I mean, really a, a unique father and son team in, in in history um i think you'd say and uh really we owe everything uh everything we have in our building and uh the look and the feel and the culture and the the product um really all goes back to those two guys so it's really just a, a privilege um to be you know associated in any way with uh with with such visionaries and, and um what they saw and, and pictured and, and were able to help bring to life
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Ed Sable, as you said, a Pro Football Hall of Famer, um, you know, his uh, his contributions certainly I mean, should be mentioned and noted. Uh, I think we both look forward to the day when Steve joins his dad in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, you know, you could argue the the most influential father-son pair uh, in, in the history of the game. I mean, perhaps even the history of sports. I mean, um, so that will be cool. But, you know, um, transitioning here a little bit, you talked about how Ed Sable's Thought was to marry the game he loved with Hollywood, and you know that's actually happening again in 2016. The Los Angeles Rams um, are 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 right there, in a, you know, next to Hollywood. They're back, um, which as a as a fan of NFL history, I'm I'm particularly grateful for. I don't know if you feel the same way. Uh, it's nice to have them home. Um, I know they they originally began in Cleveland, but it feels right. Um, and you know, you guys have hard knocks going on surrounding the Rams. This uh, this off season, this training camp season, and I'm really, you know, particularly excited. And, and I know you've worked on Hard Knocks in the past, and no discredit to those, but I'm probably the most excited for Hard Knocks that I've been because you get the opportunity to document a team moving, um, you know, which hasn't been the case with any of the Hard Knocks that you guys have done, and the team having the number one overall pick in, in the NFL draft, and and obviously those stories write themselves, um, but. You know what's that like? I mean, is it is it you know like I talked about? I know it's not a sense of pressure on you guys. Is it is it a level of excitement? Is it, um, is it a challenge you're looking forward to? Is you know do those stories you know play big um, before training camp even begins?
2: I think the the great thing about hard knocks, kind of at the very very core of it being um, at its core about training camp, and training camp is the start of a new season. So there's always this notion of a fresh start. Uh, for every team. So for us going into it every year, there's kind of always a fresh start. There are at least elements of it that are fresh because it's a new team every year uh on the show and for that particular team it's a new year. So they're they're starting from a, a new beginning. And and in this case, as you mentioned, this team has another layer uh, of uh of new beginning uh in twenty sixteen with the Rams uh moving from uh St. Louis out to LA. Um, the interesting thing is it's it's a fresh start for them. Um but it's also, in many ways, an echo to sort of the classic American story, right? Of, of, uh, of from you know, way before even TV or movies and literature. Whether it's Mark Twain or whoever, the the story of the um of moving from the from from the east out west and finding your fortunes and uh um, oh, wow. trying trying to make it big, you know. So I think it goes back to kind of the the overall big picture American uh one of one of the biggest themes in the for, in all of American literature and and uh in a movie way in a cinematic way the Rams are going to become part of that this year. Actually, you're right for the second time having moved from Cleveland out west and and kind of uh, been back and forth but going back out to LA, yeah, to, to uh, the notion of a of a of a character or a, or a uh, a movie about someone going out to to the bright lights in the big city of LA I think is uh, kind of um going to be an underlying theme, right, from for the Rams this year and then boil into that as you mentioned there's the the notion of the number one draft pick. Um, again, the notion of every team in hard knocks, starting fresh and trying to trying to build itself into a championship caliber team. Um, the notion of the, all the players individually, whether they're veterans or uh, rookies, just trying to make the team, whether they be draft picks or un, un, undrafted free agents. All those all those annual dramas will play out, but under the uh, backdrop this year of this sort of um, go west, young man. You know Horatio Alger story. Um, so we're really, we're excited, you know, it gives us, like you said, a new opportunity, a new layer to explore, um, in what a training camp is going to be all about. Um, and we're looking forward to it.
1: Wow. I mean, this right, right there, I feel like I already watched episode one. I mean, I, I would have, <laughs> you know, I would have I never connected the the theme. Like you said, I mean, it, it's, it's incredible that, that you guys can do that. I mean, uh, and, and I, I'm excited. I mean, I'm, I'm very excited uh, for it. Um. You know, and and really interested because I mean, you know, you're right. Obviously, at the core of it, it is hard knocks around in training camp. Up. So I'm interested. I'm interested to see how how much you guys devote to uh, to the move, and um and more than anything, I, I'm excited that it, the move can be documented because it, you know it would be interesting to see what it was like when when the Cleveland Rams moved to Los Angeles. I I just I'd be curious to see that just to to see what it was like, what the emotions were behind the players and and the families, and because. Now, people forget. They act like, oh, well, it's just the Rams moving. This, there's hundreds of people here whose lives were, were affected by this, and um, so I'm, I'm very excited to see you guys tell that story this summer. Um, the other story that I'm excited about is uh, this this new series, All or Nothing, a season with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and, you know, the, the Cardinals are, are one of the, the more interesting teams these days in the NFL. Bruce Arians is obviously one of the, the more colorful, I'd say, head coaches. He He has a style that it's very unique. Um you know what's what's going on with that, what went into that and can you kind of give us a little bit of a preview?
2: Yeah, so All or Nothing is a is a project that's uh, been going on since last since during the season.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and I think I I think fans are going to love it. I mean, I think it's even within the confines of of what Steve has ca- had captured and and um documented so well over the course of of films going back to the beginning. This is really a new and singular project uh, for the company to have this level of access um, with a team during the regular season, during the playoffs, uh, a team that is that's unique unto itself. Uh, the notion that that team was um, such a dominant team all year uh, led by such a uh, successful and charismatic uh Leader as Bruce Arians, and advanced as far as they did, they were on the, the doorstep of the Super Bowl. Uh, to be able to capture all that up close, as we never had before, with such depth for such a duration, was just an absolutely incredible opportunity um, that the Arizona Cardinals gave us. Uh, so to be able to tell that story with that scope has been a fascinating, fun, um, remarkable, uh, and f- a fresh challenge. Like I said, it's a totally new challenge. To do it at that at that scale, um, so it's been going on. The capture, like I said, has been going on since the season, and the editing process is still underway and and is uh, coming down towards its conclusion. Um, so it's going to be pretty soon that fans will be able to uh, sink their teeth into that season and, and into us season as they never have before. And I think that's what's remarkable. I mean, you might say, well, uh, it's only for Cardinal fans, and I, I don't think that's true at all. I think the um the proximity and the intimacy that this show provides um to the um to f- not just fans of football i mean it's there's so many human interest stories and layers that are brought to light within the context of a pro football organization and a pro football family mm-hmm. uh i think it's going to be really a uh it's it's really going to be an interesting show for for everybody you don't have to just be a cardinal fan you don't have to just be a football fan uh i think if uh Anyone who enjoys good stories and compelling characters is going to be um is going to is going to be moved by uh, this show. So, you know, we're we're really excited about it. It's just it was a whole new exploration um and it's been a great challenge for everybody.
1: I believe it and um you know, I believe that, that the access during the season is obviously what sets it apart and makes it interesting. Um I know that during the uh, the Football Life two-part episode on Bill Belichick, I believe wasn't he wired for for parts of the 2009 season, and, and I love that episode specifically because you get to see, you know, moments from mid-season. It's a whole different experience than, you know, than Hard Knocks, for example. I mean, you get to see what they're thinking when it matters, and, and mm-hmm. like you said, ultimately to the point of of being, um, you know, in the in the penultimate game of the season, being being the NFC Championship. Um, so I think uh, I think you're right. I think it's going to be exceptional. I think it's, it's funny how you you guys are, you know, airing series this uh summer, you know, regard you know, with two teams that have both left the city of St. Louis. Uh it's just uh, a funny That's little right, coincidence yeah. there. But uh well thank you so much for the peek behind the curtain, uh peek behind the the editing board if you will, Paul. Uh your guys' work there is, is phenomenal. And, uh, as a as a huge fan, I know the listeners are huge fans of NFL films. I mean, don't ever stop. I mean, it, it's uh <laughs> it's an ex- it's an experience to, to get to see the, the NFL and, and you know, like you said, not, not even football, just, just stories, um, through you guys' lens. Um, you do an incredible job and, and you, you guys true. I know that, that it said that Steve Stable was the keeper of the flame and not to take anything away from him, but you guys, I mean, you carry that flame, you know, very, very well in, in his honor. And so, um, I'm looking forward to the series this summer. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us.
2: Oh, RJ, it's been a pleasure. And I thank you again for your kind words and, and for your support of our shows. And, uh, Uh, It's been a real pleasure, so um, thanks again for having me.
0: Hey, everybody. Are you enjoying the R.J. Choa Show? Because I really and truly hope that you are. If there's something that you think that I can do better or something that you're not getting that you want to, please reach out and let me know. You can email me, rj at com, or you can tweet to me, at rjochoa. Now, don't forget that you can subscribe to the RJO Show on iTunes. And if you want to take it just one step further, you can rate the show or write a review. Now, don't forget that I'm trying to give away free stuff here on the RJO Show. Every week after the episode, I tweet out a trivia question based on something that happened in that episode. If you're the first person to answer correctly, I get you a prize. Pretty awesome, right? Now, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Tell a friend. Now let's get back to the RJO Show. Well, I really enjoyed that, if it wasn't obvious. Paul Camerata is a really bright mind and a really great filmmaker, and it was my absolute privilege to talk to him about some things that I love and hold very near and dear to my heart. Thank you again to Paul Camerata and, and to NFL Films and for, for him taking the time and, and for sharing some of those insights and, and you know, that peek behind the curtain. Uh, hopefully you learned something and hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, NFL Films is is. Taking no time off this off season on Wednesday, May 4th, uh, which is pretty much International Star Wars Day, May the 4th be with you. Uh, on Wednesday, May 4th, the NFL Top 100 debuts on NFL Network. If you are unfamiliar, the Top 100 is a, a list that is put together by the players. Now, they... Um, I obviously don't know the exact um, you know, process in terms of what goes into it, but this is a list that, that players vote on and that is only voted on by the players. There's no sports writers. There's no coaches. There's nobody. And the list is the top 100 players in the NFL. And every week in a, in a show on NFL Network, they debut 10 players players at a time. So on Wednesday, May 4th, we get to see players 100 through 91. Um, And uh, I wrote up on com my predictions for the list uh, regarding the Dallas Cowboys and and who I thought would make it, who I didn't think would make it, and some surprises, and of course, some bold predictions. So check that article out and make sure you check out the NFL Top 100 on NFL Network and everything that NFL Films does. Now, I should say that this episode didn't have the... um, the same kind of music that i always do uh and for what it's worth i don't own the rights to any of these songs these are 100 percent nfl films and their properties uh thanks to david Robidoux and sam spence but with the theme and the keeping of this episode i really just wanted to have my favorite uh, nfl films uh songs and instrumentals to go along with with the aura uh, of this episode in and just how cool it was to me um you know, I talked about in the opening segment before we got to Paul this uh letter that was within the uh the package that my dad gave me three years ago that had every single Super Bowl. Now obviously this wasn't a handwritten letter or anything. It was just sort of um printed on the, the packaging. But it was, you know, a little bit of a longer version of that story was my dad gave it to me and I gave him a hug because, you know, he knows how much the NFL means to me and it was a very special gift and Before I even opened it, it was in this clear plastic wrapping. I told my dad, I said, Dad, you know, I really just want to thank Steve Sable for this. And that's the God's honest truth. You can ask my dad. You can tweet at him, at Roy Tierra. He'll he'll back me up. And I said, I really just want to thank Steve Sable because without him, this wouldn't be possible. And so then I tore it open and I looked in and there was this letter. And it was just, like I said, a really big exclamation point. And uh, I'll tweet this out, but I thought I'd read it here uh, for you to check out. So this is... In Steve Sable's words on, on the inside of the, the Super Bowl DVD package, and, and it reads, The first law in the entertainment business is that you have to know how to put on a big show. After 46 years, the Super Bowl isn't merely big. It's an enormous, excessive, preposterous extravaganza, which is what's so great about it. Pick a cliché. Any cliche, and it fits this game. There's music, fireworks, light shows, acrobats, dancers, jugglers, mimes, and just about every other ornament of spectacle. And it happens every year. But all of that glitter belies the gritty business of a championship football game. Unlike every other professional sports championship in America, the Super Bowl comes down to one day, a best of one series to determine the winner. And on that one day, America comes together and watches it unfold. Each year since 1967, NFL Films has produced a half-hour program documenting the Super Bowl, and this is the first time we've ever included all of them together in a single DVD box set. We've also included our year-end review shows that deliver the best sights, sounds, and stories from each season. Not only do these films showcase some of the great coaches, great teams, and great games in NFL history, they serve as a time capsule of each year. You can see the length of Don Shula's sideburns and know it's 1972, or hear the funky beats we used and know it's music from the 80s. This box set includes the very best material we've collected in the nearly 50 years of our history at NFL films. Every great shot, every great soundbite, every thrilling moment of the Super Bowl era is here. And watching each film today brings me right back to where I was for that game in that season throughout the living history of the national football league. Enjoy Steve Sable. And, um, you know, if it wasn't obvious, Steve Sable means a lot to me. And, um, I know that I normally close each episode with a fun song by Cool and the Gang called Celebrate. But um, one of my favorite David Robidoux songs is uh, it's actually called Steve Sable, a Hero Remembered. And, um, and I really just wanted to walk out with that because it felt appropriate with the theme of this episode. Um, and thank you for listening. Thank you again to Paul Camerata. Um, you can, you can check out my stuff on InsideTheStar.com, as you, you already know, who sponsors this show, at Cowboys Nation. You can find me on Twitter, at RGOchoa. Check me out on the Marcus Mosher Footballology Podcast this week or on WMSC Radio. And next week, actually, I'll be a guest on the Inside the Pylon Podcast. So uh, things just happening at a really fast rate for me uh, and just trying to embrace it and roll with it all. Um, so... Last thing I just want to say is a quote from Steve Sable, who I obviously admire a great deal, and I feel like it summarizes today's episode and, uh, and the way that I feel and hopefully you feel about this, uh, this game that we all love. Life is great. Football is better. Steve Sable. We'll see you next week.